Welcome to the Foreign Music Podcast. I'm Alexandria. I'm Amy. And today we're glad to welcome our dear friend of Foray, Chris. Hi, everybody. Um, Chris is our friend from University of Miami, and he's a great bassist and sound engineer and soon-to-be tech wizard. On this week's pod, Apple's new classical music app, The Discovery of Two Selves, is Musicology Racist, New Music, and More. First off, what's new? What's on your mind, Chris? Well, uh, I had a busy weekend. So my sister, I have an older sister. She just graduated law school. Um, yeah, yeah. And wow. she uh, had, uh, she, went to, she goes to George Washington University. So we're out in DC, right? So that whole place is just, it's like stuff to the brim with lawyers, right? So that was a very interesting little experience to jump into someone else's world there. She's told me for years about all the types of things that she does, the clinics that she does and her, you know, classes, her constitutional law and things like that. But honestly, I, it is very interesting jumping into like a whole new realm of stuff like that because they have their own lingo. They have their own way of doing things, much distinction. And especially this weekend, a lot of pomp and circumstance for (laughs) sure. Um, but we support her all the same, even if we don't know exactly what she's talking about. Some of the times I still don't exactly know what a tort is, but apparently that's very important. I'm like, is that a dessert? That's going to get me like so embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah. So, but no, it was a good time with family and everything. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty relaxing. So I love the city. Maybe I'll move there. You know, tech wizard in DC. (laughs) We're working on it. (laughs) <laughs> they have really good food. Like, they have really good seafood in D.C. Do they really? It's so yummy. I don't yeah. even know why. It's so random. It's pretty there, too, from what I can remember. Yeah. I've been a couple times. It's really nice. Um, my whole family's from Southern California, kind of born and raised. So it is near impossible to convince my parents to just take the metro anywhere. Oh, like, wow. what if it's delayed? What if it's broken? And we try and get an Uber and then, you know, they bail on us like three times and then we're late. So, you know, I'd be happy getting used to it, you know. <laughs> Public transportation is a thing. Yeah. yeah. I didn't oh, know. Gosh. Yeah. Just did not make it to California, as everybody knows, I'm sure. But. <laughs> it didn't get a lot of places. Texas Public Transportation, who is she? <laughs> like one bus yeah i feel like buses made it more so than like well actually i don't know now that i say that out loud well you don't have to build anything for a bus right they just use the road so i guess that makes sense yeah sure um speaking of family i guess i'll go next i'm back in houston for a good hot minute celebrating my family a lot of them are graduating too, but there's all my little cousins. I don't know why I say little cousins anymore because they're all taller than me, but that's okay. Um, but it's been a really good time here. My brothers and I 
I have two older brothers and they're both musical. They're like kind of my role models. And so not kind of, they are. Um, and so we got to do a gig together at this um, luncheon and it was so much fun. We played like On and On by Erica Badu and like Sweet Love. So it was nice to do different genres because we're usually swinging. But um, so it was really nice to just like be cool, relaxed and like have my brother's friends experience playing with like seeing them experience like the three siblings play together because that yes. really happens because we, uh, we like kill each other every single time we play with one another. Um, but that this was like one of those last minute things. So we didn't have time to kill one another. So it worked out well. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, we made it out alive. And my mom was really happy. So Aww. everyone else around us was happy. So, and I was really happy because I barely get to play with my brothers. And they get to play with each other a lot. Mm. That was nice. That was my. Because they're both Houston based, right? Yeah. And one of them is like totally doing the thing. Like he's a full time musician and the other one is an aviation mechanic. So he's like picks up the bass when he's kind of like you, Christopher. (laughs) He's been known to play once or twice. (laughs) Yeah. And he's a bassist. What is it with bassists always also being like talented in other areas? Anyways, uh, Amy, how was your week? What's on your mind? Hey, everyone. Well, I kind of already talked about this, but I am putting out a single. As we're filming this, it's tomorrow, but once it's out, it'll be out. And I'm thinking about it, especially one, because it's tomorrow, but two, because Chris plays on it. So I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited about that. It's like, art is so weird. I just, I want it to just be out. Like, I'm ready to just kind of have it run its course and then move to other things not in a not in an ungrateful way but just in like uh I'm ready for other things way (laughs) like I think I've listened to it so much that I don't even know what it sounds like anymore so I'm really excited for it to come out and yeah that's kind of it for me I've just been chilling it's it's a lot of work so you know yeah it is yeah. even just like the mental load it's kind of it takes up a lot of mental space yeah people yeah. don't understand how much goes into releasing a single like artwork and figuring out like a social media plan and like oh the promotion kills stuff. me it's like come on yeah. well I can I just put it out and like people <laughs> who want to hear it just like go stream it instead of like figuring it out I know, I know, I know. So should we hop into this week's newsletter? I think we should. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Who's first? Wait, oh, fart knockers. Is it you? Chris? Oh, I'm the one. Yeah, I will uh, jump into it. So yeah, kind of getting back into uh, some music news, kind of checking out what's going on here. But I did actually see, uh, because it's such a big thing, Apple Classical Music or Apple Music Classical, they actually call it. 
Uh, really interesting just to not hear anything about it. Um, I'm sure they had mentioned before, but I had just kind of been, you know, sticking to other topics. And when I saw the commercial, I was like, wow, this is a big thing. So looking into it, especially for the podcast, um, turns out they did a great job actually, you know, doing the thing, which is great. Uh, the whole premise is that it basically just is a streamlined experience for anyone who listens to a lot of classical music. Um, you know, that you might be looking for a piece, um, but you're looking for a particular version of the piece, right? It's not people doing their originals. Um, there's just way too much for that. So, you know, that doesn't work on Spotify most of the time, trying to find a specific version. I mean, we've all been there. And uh, I did try it out. I tried it out on a plane. Um, so it was a little slow to load, but still it was awesome. So the high fidelity music was cool. I had some like uh, my Beats Fit Pro. So they have some of that spatial oh audio. Gosh. Yeah, so I could see it's like Dolby Atmos. I could move my head around and like, you know, get the whole experience and kind of hear the spatial thing. So yeah, all was awesome. And then I look at, I think I just put in like Claire de Lune, you know, just going for something real classic. And uh, it actually had a write-up about it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, about his life, inspiration. Um, and it said like, here's something like, I forget the number, but it was a few hundred versions, you know, oh. of Claire de Lune. And it's like, oh, if you're looking for just this part, well, it's part of this whole, you know, sweet Bergamesque. So, you know, listen to this whole thing. And, and they had an editor's pick too, which I hear is curated by a real person. So all good things, all good things. However, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. however, they do not get a free pass because, um, and maybe this wasn't their intention, but I do feel like, and I read around that uh, they kind of suffered the same or kind of kind of executed the same way that a lot of people do when they think of classical music. It's pretty much just the Western, you know, Western centric uh, version of classical music, right? It's exactly what you think. It's like Mozart, Beethoven, um, kind of that European classical thing. And that's it. So <laughs> I thought like, well, you know, we do the same exact thing. We're all, we're all jazz musicians. So, you know, we know this, you want to look for uh, anything like a jazz standard. I looked for darn that dream. Just, I don't know. First thing that came to mind and I got three recordings, only three. The most prominent yeah. one was from a group called, um, they were called the like China brass ensemble i believe i'm looking Wait. for i wrote the name down this was in the apple oh my gosh my cat's fighting me <laughs> sorry i just got distracted this was in the apple music classical is where you looked for this yes yes but so they had three versions but like none of them i had never recognized them and they only had three and wow. to my knowledge there's at least one more than that. I'm willing to bet many, but I know for a fact, certainly more than three. So I'd started yeah, digging in deeper and I said, I want this version. Let me look up, you know, Thelonious Monk. And mm -hmm. then I get Thelonious Monk. Um, and as far as I can scroll down, there are no recordings of Thelonious Monk himself. There's some oh, wow. things that must be tagged that way. 
mm-hmm. or, you know, however, it's all a metadata thing. And then I looked up Herbie Hancock, similar thing, right? They have solo piano performances. Solo Monk is a whole <laughs> thing. So I thought it might be on there, gave it a good shot and it, it didn't have it. So they're obviously missing plenty of things. Yeah. So like something has to be tagged classical music. So there's bias in what classical music must actually sound like to some people or what aesthetics they choose. Yes. And then I got a little bit down a rabbit hole, a little bit of metadata. This is all yeah. about metadata, right? And how we tag songs. Oh, man, and... We were talking about that last week. Yeah, <laughs> It's taking over. <laughs> so yes, same thing. If it's not tagged classical, then I don't think they pick it up. I'm not exactly sure of the methods because they don't really choose to be so open they're usually not neither spotify or things like that um but just knowing generally you know if you save an mp3 file that stuff you can put things in and if you're releasing music you know sometimes or at least someone on a team of like a large release would take care of the metadata the information that's supposed to be tagged and that way it helps things get classified so i think there's just an issue there in general Mm -hmm. Um, And keep in mind, this is all back catalog stuff, right? This stuff has already happened. Uh, It's not new. So to go back Uh, and to try and sort all this out, frankly, I don't even know how to, you know, go about starting that. So it's just a kind of unfortunate circumstance to where jazz for sure and other genres could have used a feature like this, but I don't know if we're going to see it. Why do you think we're not going to be able to see something like that? Well, there is one perspective. I mean, one obviously is that, you know, maybe it's just difficult to properly sort all of this stuff. Of yeah. course, I'm sure. Right. I don't want to say that it's, you know, a one day affair. But another perspective is that perhaps it's just a matter of who would be interested in yeah. such an app. Ah, gotcha. Um, I'm curious if they just narrowed their focus down maybe with the intent to uh, maybe just stick to something that they know works. I mean, we know Apple, they don't always do new things. They sometimes will just (laughs) take something that already exists. They did the same thing. They purchased out um, a company. uh, I don't have the name off the top of my head, but they purchased this software about two years ago uh, and bought out a smaller version of this and then kind of made into their own. So I think that that's the main driver of this is they're just kind of picking a small segment to release it for. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes sense. Like the larger musical institutions, like most of them are built upon like European classical music. So, and that's how a lot of them get their money or they have, there's always like a set program with usually those types of things. And so maybe they were just like, okay, this has the largest audience. So, which to me is crazy that, classical musical classical musical classical music could have like such a large audience which i I think is great like keep the dead stuff alive um that didn't make sense keep the dead stuff alive but you know what i mean like the older (laughs) keep the older things alive Uh, but yeah Yeah. it's it's interesting I, i you're right it would probably just like that software for like classical music was there and apple did its thing and I would love to see them do it Mm -hmm. uh, for like jazz. And yeah, that's just from my perspective because, you know, I'm just approaching it from like what my immediate inclination was like, Oh, okay. I see an app that does this. 
well, this is what I want to look for. And I do the same thing. So, you know, but yeah, it just suffers from the same systemic thing. Like what is classical music, you know, and we know every musicology class, you know, we've all been through the same jazz school and uh, it just covers the same topic and they have that part down hundred percent, but Apple is huge. They're like, they're worldwide. So I would have thought maybe they could have considered like, Hey, why don't we talk to somebody and, you know, do this. So, you know, who knows? And, and maybe there'd be some more investigation as to like, you know, the process itself, uh, or maybe just some of their own decisions. It's only been out for about two months, almost coming up, I think at the end of this week. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens to it. I'd love an update. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It's always exposing what they think. I don't know. I think labels can be limiting too, but of what they think classical music is or whoever is like curating it. Yeah. I don't know. It speaks to their like limitations a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. Sounds like they could have uh, maybe phoned a friend, you know, started to get a better opinion of this stuff. You know, I'm sure, uh, you know, (laughs) they're in the C-suite office. I don't think they have uh, (laughs) exactly the same perspective as maybe, I don't know, a musicology professor, Yeah, you know, I don't know. I even have a we should probably move on but I don't I don't know why they call it classical music because it's not even the first music to exist Mm. that's a whole different conversation but exactly yeah yikes (laughs) no anyway should we move on let's do it my um I was oh my gosh let me just start over really quick um I was just still thinking about what you just said so my A um, has to do with a book that Foray Music is reading for our book club. We read um, The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin like in April-ish. And now we're reading The Inner Game of Tennis. And I am obsessed with this um, assessment of self. In chapter two, he kind of like breaks down this idea of self-talk. And in the book, Um, it's totally geared toward tennis, but I think it completely applies to like performance in general, um, or like art in any type. Um, and so he poses this question, who is talking to whom? Like when you're, when you're like, oh my God, I'm so bad. Like, oh, I hate everything. Like all this negativity. Um, and most people say that I'm talking to myself. So now he's like, okay, well, who's I and who's myself? And I love this because I feel like it distances myself from myself, if that makes sense. Like the way he was speaking allowed me to kind of like step away from being inside of myself, if that makes sense. Yes. (laughs) So he calls self one, the teller and self two, the doer. And I think a lot about this in terms of like, singing um I definitely have a teller and a doer in myself um most of the time my teller stays quiet when I'm actually singing which is cool in performance but then Mm. it jumps right back in afterwards and then in practice my teller is all over the place (laughs) um but basically I'll just read a a little clip of this because he definitely says it best um so Self one is the teller, remember? So he says, it seems as though self one thinks self two doesn't hear well or has a short uh, memory or is stupid. 
The truth is, of course, that self too, which includes the unconscious mind and nervous system, hears everything, never forgets anything, and is anything but stupid. Self one is supposed to be the teller, not the doer, but it seems he doesn't really trust self two to do the job or else he wouldn't have to do all the work himself. So basically the author, I don't think I said his name yet, W. Timothy Galway, um, his whole, the whole crux of this in the way I interpret it is that self one doesn't trust self two. Um, and then by doing too much analytical stuff, self one like messes you up, but then blames it on self too, which makes self too feel less, um, perhaps like confident or competent. And then you kind of become what self one is telling you, you are. (laughs) I like that. that. So that was long-winded, but I love this because I think it's opening like, um, a way for me to kind of like quiet like he was talking about quieting self one um and i think it's a way to kind of like depersonalize it a little bit by humanizing these like selves um i think at least for me i'm going to be able to like identify issues more and not feel so like not attach my full being to this the things that this self one says Cause he sort of makes it like, well, how does self two feel like self two probably feels like shit. If self one's mm-hmm. like, you suck. Why do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know? And it makes it harder for self two. So any thoughts on this? I was like very inspired by this. Yeah. I, so I, I had, um, well, I actually don't have my hands on a physical copy, but maybe, gosh, what, like nine months ago or something at this point, I did listen through it on audiobook. Nice. Um yeah, so I I do remember like the self one and the self two and everything like that. And I haven't listened to it in a while, but yeah, it really is you kind of forget at least like what we're doing. Um anything that you're doing really is is there's a physical element to it as well. Mm-hmm. And so as much as self one, you know, wants to claim that you know they can do it better, uh there is an element of just having to go through this stuff, uh, how you feel rather than just taking orders. You know, sometimes, sometimes that negative perception, uh, can mess with like feedback that you need, you know, I mean, in this it's tennis and I will say the book is used for all sorts of stuff. It is great for tennis. My mom (laughs) plays tennis. It really does the trick for actual tennis. Um, <laughs> which, that's great. Um, Good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, like maybe stepping away from just like individual activities or you know a particular focus. It's just you know you have to get experience with things, and we like to think that we can shortcut that somehow. Especially as musicians, you start you know practicing for a long time. You know, most people are getting up to honestly, about 10 years usually of playing, if not more. Um, but still there's that physical component. You just have to go through certain things, Mm -hmm. right? That's why we keep practicing. And, uh, I, I like the self one and the self two. I definitely do. That's a good way to kind of separate. I think so too. I think that's like the first thing, like in psychology, people like to say is like, you have to identify, so now that you have now this, these 
things to identify within yourself. Okay. You can say like, Oh yeah, self one is telling me this or is doing, this is like self one or this is like self two. So then you can then take steps into really dealing with it and how to, we always talk about self-talk, like how do we get our self one to be nicer to mm-hmm. ourselves or nicer to self two, or just figuring out ways to, um, facilitate a better relationship between the two within yourself which i don't know that's hard (laughs) easier said than done it is yeah i Um, think i really loved how he made like the personification of them helped me a ton because i had never i knew that i was talking to myself but i never really thought about myself and how myself feels you know and like having empathy for like also separating it's confusing because I'm using the same words but like separating me from myself as well Mm -hmm. I can separate me from I but I had been thinking of myself and me as the same (laughs) (laughs) and now I'm like oh it's I and myself and then like you know like he calls them the player because it's about tennis but it could be like the performer the human the person I don't know I love this I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thinking about it or not thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe or, going back to the game. You, yeah. It's hard when you add a third person, like someone that's not you or a third entity or whatever other entity, and they confirm like what maybe a one other self was saying. And I think that's where the true challenge is, is like you already telling yourself that, but to now hear it from another person, it's like, Oh, crush. Like, I now I feel even crappier because, like, someone just confirms what someone else was saying. So it's like, how do you build a strong enough, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Strong enough will or strong enough wall? I hate wall, but like some uh, barrier, boundary in place so that it doesn't completely wreck you. Yeah. Resilience. Yeah. 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 It's the word Chris. <laughs> well, that, he also, that's why I think what he said about teaching also struck me because there's so much power in the teacher, mm-hmm. like in that, uh, in that separate entity and what they say or what they don't say. And then yeah. allowing you to like pay attention to yourself rather than telling you all this stuff. And then you're just trying harder and harder and like self too yeah. is like, yeah yeah that's so true like one of my professors used to say like educators have the ability to create someone's reality so you have to be intentional with who's what reality you're creating for themselves or for your students so it could be it could be creating a reality of positivity and yumminess or it could be creating a reality of like the same thing that of negative self-talk because they're just like re sorry they're reiterating what someone already told them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of power there. Yeah. That's tough. Totally. And I was talking with my room. This is like a little bit of a tangent, but we were talking about childhood too, like how powerful other kids can be and things that, that are said to you as a kid. And then yeah. like how it informs your beliefs of yourself as an adult. I'm hoping that like it's worked through, but I think some of it definitely is if there's commitment. <laughs> self but like just things that are so relevant now because of things that were said you know when somebody's like 
five or 10 or like 12. That's crazy. Yep. Maybe the way to get better at your instrument is to stop shedding scales and start shedding uh, <laughs> cognitive behavioral therapy or something. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no. The new shed. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've been studying music for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I there's something interesting now, actually. Um, I've been getting back into like meditation a little bit just to, wow. I used to be into it a lot. Uh, there was just a point in my life and that point has passed, but you know, we get back into it sometimes. And uh, um, one of the, the things that comes up when I think about like a self one and a self two, right? Because they're very helpful and this kind of throws a wrench in it a little bit. So, you know, I hope this doesn't confuse Uh-oh. you too much, but it's like, you know, sometimes when you meditate, people use the analogy all the time of like the clear blue sky. So you mm-hmm. look up, you know, in this metaphor and maybe the sky isn't so clear and blue. It's cloudy. It's all over the place, right? Thunderstorms, whatever it could be. Um, but when you take a step back and you kind of think for a bit, you realize that that blue sky is always there just above the clouds. Like when you're in an airplane, it never goes away. Yeah. Same with waves in the ocean, right? If it, it could be thunderstorms and everything, you go down a few feet, it's the same calm ocean. You know, not much can really disturb it. So that teaches us that those thoughts that are there, it's kind of all of the same mind, right? Yeah. It's just in a different state. And I have been unable to reconcile <laughs> the self one and the self two with the meditation. Um, you just pick one. Uh, whichever one you fancy at the moment, whichever one yeah. makes you feel better and you keep going. But I do say, I will say, I, I I do like both approaches and maybe they're not so different. I just haven't figured it out. So that's wild. Yeah. That reminds me of that quote. Oh my God. I'm going to, I'm not going to try to guess who said it, but it's somebody like really profound, um, like where you see a mountain and then you see the trees and then you see a mountain again. Where it's like you can't see the mountain for the the wait, trees for the forest, the forest for the trees. Maybe it's maybe I'm confusing them. Maybe it's like there's one about a mountain and one about a forest and trees. But basically, it's like you see the bit, full picture, but then you really understand what's going on, and then you can see it again in a different light. Yeah, I think it's for the forest for the trees. <laughs> I don't know what the mountain one is then, but I feel like that reminded me of the selves, where it's like you can break it down, but like what Chris is saying, they really are of the same mind. Like everything is there. Maybe it's a matter of like understanding what is what, you know, because sometimes these negative thoughts, we've all had them, right? Especially for me, anything that I do is embarrassing. Yeah. We don't forget those. Um, But uh, you know, it's like who is doing the talking kind of like the self one and self two, where does that come from? You know, what is that? And maybe that's something actually a little more external than you think it's coming from somewhere else. Like something you heard or something that you've like convinced yourself to believe. Yeah. Or, you know, it's like if you're, or if you're trying to learn something, I'll go back to like tennis in your game of tennis, right? You're trying to focus on the words that have been told to you by your teacher or whatever. I don't really play tennis too much, but let's just say, you know, oh, I got to swing my arm this way. (laughs) But then that self too, you know, maybe that doesn't work for them. Like what would be better is to just let you yourself kind of feel it out and understand if you paid more attention to what you were actually doing rather than the words, right? That keep coming up every time you don't get what you want. 
yeah. you would then notice like, oh, okay, it feels a little uncomfortable. Like, let me just change so that it feels right. And then hopefully you get it. I don't know. Um, it never happened for me because I know athlete, but you know, <laughs> that's the thought. So maybe it's, you just kind of understand what's what really, you know? Yeah. Maybe that, and that, that kind of goes into like mindfulness and like the flow state and like knowing that you're everything just feels right I've, I've also been watching like a lot of sports documentaries yes um but recently it's been f1 driving which i had no idea existed to be honest oh, um yeah. not until like two weeks ago but i love that everyone talks about how now we're getting to a different discussion sorry charlie if you're listening <laughs> so we everyone talks about like fighting the car or like Oh yeah, I can, they can immediately when they start accelerating, they feel like, okay, this is not going to be a good race because they're somehow they're one with the car. How you can be one with an inanimate object. I don't know, but instruments true. But I, I still feel like I have some type of uh, like separation from your, yeah, Yeah. but that's maybe just me. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's like, a big inanimate object. That's, you know, we're talking <laughs> a thousand pounds of fury right there. I don't know. <laughs> like an, <laughs> yeah, for real. Like if you, anyways, they're talking about like how sometimes when they've performed their best, when they're, they're just not thinking about, oh yeah, I need to like accelerate here, break here. I need to have my DRS come in here. They're just like mm. kind of operating in a place of like really being in the moment and feeling everything, feeling and being with the car, whatever that means and feeling each turn and like really being present within that. And I guess kind of, kind of, kind of quieting like that self one teller and just like being more in the doer vibe. Which is like intuition, and yeah. like the what he's talking about, like the unconscious mind and the nervous system, the nervous system, you mm-hmm. guys. We underest I underestimate my nervous system, I think. Mm-hmm. I also stress it out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. That is. I can't wait till we do our book club on that. So join us. Yes, yeah, June. Is it June twelfth? Oh my god. I believe it is June twelfth. Join us on June 12th to talk more about this inner game of tennis. Yes, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Woohoo! Love to catch up. Read it again. Yes! yes. Um, all right, I guess it's my turn, which it's kind of going back into Chris's realm. Um, there's this op-ed article in New York Times, Is Musicology Racist? Um. Columbia Associate Professor of Linguistics. Interesting fellow to talk about musicology, but he also teaches a music theory course at um, Columbia. John McCorder responded to Hunter College music professor Philip Ewells on music theory and making music more welcoming for everyone. So Ewells' whole thing is kind of breaking down the way that musicology is taught or like the requirements, you know, that people are expected to know. Um, like some of it is like knowing how to play piano, n- knowing like foreign languages, um, these types of things. And I think he's saying that Philip, Philip Ewell, sorry if I'm like misinterpreting, but is saying that that's like a standard of like whiteness and maleness, like accessibility to something like piano lessons, accessibility to like learning about foreign languages and all this stuff. And I think that's what 
John McWhorter is commenting on rather than like the actual like racism within um, like teaching a musicology course, like the content, meaning like the people that they learn about and the pieces that they learn about. I think he, John agrees that there should be more, uh, there should be like a more expensive net cast when dealing with musicology and the repertoire and the people that we study about. Um, but th- that people should still be um, skeptics about like really getting rid of the whiteness. Cause <laughs> this is what he says in his words. He says, the assumption then is that the whiteness or maleness of any given proposition must automatically be a mere power play rather than a reasoned aesthetic or logical conclusion. Meaning like it is not for him. It's not about like white men having this type of power. It's about like, there is an aesthetic and a reason for it having this type of aesthetic, like just whatever, like the people during European classical music, like there are just more people that were white doing it. He said, and that elicits a question we're not supposed to ask. What if, where classical music is concerned, white people and all of their perfidies, I did not know that word. (laughs) But it means untrustworthiness, got something right. Which I think is a great question. He said, and I mean so right, that all those trained in the close study of music should be familiar with it. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Like, yeah, I that's, feel like that's dangerous to say. <laughs> right? That people, yeah. they got it so right that people, any person that studies music is so familiar with Bach. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. What yeah. if where classical music is concerned, white people and all of their perfidies, all the right, so like maybe untrustworthiness, got something right? And I mean so right that all those trained in the close study of music should be familiar with it. So would he say the same for like when he continues, would he say the same for like because he says black people got it right with syncopation as default with blue note, uh, blue notes, and especially in Africa with complex rhythm. So is he saying. I think he's saying that black people got it right. In terms of that, but not in terms of elevating their black classical counterparts. Everyone associates blackness with, right, blues, jazz, maybe mm-hmm. like, Af- of course, Africa, duh. <laughs> and, you know, more complex rhythms, meaning African drumming. But have they ever equated blackness with classical music mm. or any other, have inv- invited any other people? So it's like, it's questioning, it's not questioning, it's not really questioning white people and whether they got it right, it's questioning black people and whether they got it right and saying, hey, like, but I understand there are systems in place. I just thought it was a very interesting question to ask. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's an it's interesting, interesting question to ask. Hmm. Well, the first thing that makes me think of is is kind of, Okay, so I'll start with this, right? So, okay, let's say they got something right. I mean, sure, like on its own, right? Without some of that baggage or whatever, like, yeah, yeah. it's not bad. It's not like the music sucks. You know, it's not like it's been no, it's- pushed just because, you know, they got a special pass. Like, yeah. stuff is good. Um, and, uh, well, 
you know, he's talking about, uh, you know, syncopation is default, blue notes, uh, you know, saying black people got it right. Like, sure. And so if you were to follow that train, you'd be like, all right, we'll throw it in the mix too, right? Throw it in the mix. And you can just go down the line with uh, really any culture, really. Yeah. So like, hey, they've been doing this a while too. They got their own thing. Why don't we throw it in the mix, right? And the only reason that I guess we don't say that is because we're we're still a little bit stuck with this like, like exclusionary or like right. scarcity, really, right? Because it's like, oh, we only got so much room, you know, yeah. on this thing here. Something's got to get, you know, let's say we only got so much room on the ship. Somebody's got to get thrown off overboard, right? And so maybe the focus now is, you know, a little askew, but mm. I don't know. I, I feel like it'd be most important to hopefully, uh, you know, get rid of that whole like scarcity mindset right like it's all fair game that makes it harder it's all fair game there's more to learn so you know i agree this also makes me think about like um it's sort of like when no i won't put it that way like you know how well maybe i will you know when some people are like well what about like (laughs) like people are talking about jazz and people are like well what about bill levins it's like Mm. the point is not that like any um overall like white influence in music is like terrible like what chris was saying like obviously that's like beautiful intricate like historic stuff that's the basis for like so much but maybe the reason that that's not the question usually is because of like suppression and exclusion and power like i feel like that's been my understanding at least like in the past in in the past couple of years in my like um swimming in the music world in this way like trying to understand it has been it's not negating it but it's also like you can't really talk about that influence without also talking about the squashing of like of blackness mm-hmm. and the influence of black people yeah does that make sense so i guess it's like oh, yeah it's a cool question to me, but also I think it kind of takes out oppression in a way mm-hmm. or something like, of, like to me, it's like, of course, they like it doesn't right. consider it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess to me, it's like, well, yeah, that, that isn't the point. Like other like we're making room for other people now, like given that we knew that, maybe it's like people have gone so far that now they're like shitting on it or something. But I think that's what I didn't finish the like the last half of the quote. No, 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 no. Like I didn't finish the rest of the quote. Mm-hmm. Is that he's saying that Ewell is saying that Beethoven is just some guy who is above average rather than really giving him his flowers, uh-huh. which is what you're you're getting at. Right. It's like, OK, we shouldn't like everyone should be included, but not at the sake of saying that Beethoven was just some guy who was above average when Beethoven really, I think Beethoven like really worked you know, hard, like to create some beautiful stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's weird because it's like, there's innovation by all types of people. And it's interesting how cultures, there is like a power involved historically at least which i think makes it hard now because i think they're at least in the u.s and the people that i am around i'm i feel surrounded by people who want to uplift and be open-minded and like learn from a lot of different 
people. And I think it gets complicated because of like where we're coming from that that's mm-hmm. not how it has been. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think we're all agreeing. I yeah. think the thing is like, yeah, McCorder, I think he, it's an op-ed. So this is like totally opinionated. Like nothing he says is like facts. Um, and I haven't read this Ewell book, so maybe I should read it. Um, See how much he really uh, is allegedly uh, putting down Beethoven. Beethoven, you know, yeah. Depends above average. But I will say I, you know, personally, and, you know, don't, you know, don't, don't get on me too much for this because I, I, it's good, you know, the publicity and a lot of the stuff, you know, and the reverence that we have for musicians. But I have just started to get really tired in general. Could it be presidents? Could be uh, musicians? Could be anybody. But we just need to, like, tone it down a little bit. We're all just people, mm-hmm. you know, and we have our skills. We have our extraordinary talents and everything. But I just, this is my personal thing. I feel like it goes too far. You know, you get a little too much of that like stardom where like when you really right. meet these people and you kind of get the rest of the human picture in there, it's like, hey, this is just some bloke, you know, with a good skill. It doesn't translate, you know, to the rest of their life. It could be really yeah. good at math, very bad at everything else, really good at music. Yeah. So, you know, and it, and it, and it starts to, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, above average has a negative connotation but i'm just saying he could be you know a regular dude beethoven turns out he's just a bloke you could run into him and not know that he is killing it with the symphonies and killing it as a composer (laughs) because it's not some sort of i don't know i i I feel the reverence sometimes should be at least in check and so that's where we maybe have more room to add certain people we don't get so sensitive Mm -hmm. about taking limelight away Mm -hmm. you know so now we have room for people right we're kind of opening up room so i think that's true finding like a middle ground too like you're like because he uses above average and then like fetishizing (laughs) i feel like you're suggesting this like middle ground of like super dope but let's humanize them like yeah you know they're not godlike even if sometimes it feels like they are but then when you add the human you're right it's like a skill they have skills right and that's good for what they do they really did an interesting thing it kind of but it has edges around it Mm -hmm. they're not just this all-knowing musical entity right Right. so now we get in the context of like all right well maybe that's what beethoven and his maybe formidable culture you know formative culture uh maybe that's where you know that domain is it's it's kind of like a cultural strong suit or something but now since that is kind of it has its edges hey, let's also look at other cultures because they can contribute. And so, you know, yeah. things can really open up a little bit. That's kind of what I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that starts like in what how we are educated about Beethoven. Like for me, I was like, said that he was this like great person who is like the epitome of what, you know, classical music should sound like instead of someone like, um, Oh my gosh, why am I blinking? That's so sad. I should never blink on this. See, now I'm like, my, you know, PWI education is showing. Um, <laughs> but they're um, like, they're doing a freak. They're doing a, 
um, a, a movie about him. Joseph, Joseph something B. Joseph B. That's his last name. But <laughs> he's like baloney, but it's not baloney. Don't. Anyways, he was like this great French violinist. Between I wish I could help right now. And composer. It's great. Okay, the movie is called Chevalier or something like that. Cheval- I'm not French, y'all. It's okay. So, um, that was great. But they are doing a movie on him. And I was like, I don't know who this guy is. Like, But I do know some Ishtok Perlman. Like, mm-hmm. So I guess in education, like just being like, oh, yeah, these two people were like good. And like maybe it's not just Beethoven and Bach and Brahms and Haydn. Yeah. Like some other people, like the person that I'm forgetting, Joseph Baloney. I, I think it <laughs> I don't want to butcher the name, but it is in the article. Uh, Joseph B-O-L-O-G-N-E. Oh, thank you, Christopher. Baloney. Wow, Baloney. <laughs> and oh and William Grant Still and those cats that are wow, that was such a jazz musician thing. <laughs> great composers that have contributed just as much right yeah it also so depends on who decides to talk about them like yeah who gets the most coverage by all the the books and the i don't know like whoever decides whoever's in charge of education honestly yeah which is rough yeah well maybe we'll uh get into a period where uh we get well, this sounds a little, I, we don't have to get less deep, but maybe we could just get a little more savvy, kind of be like a more savvy shopper, go shopping around for like, hey, all right, well, we got a lot of Beethoven, but you know, I'm a savvy shopper, so to speak. So I'm gonna start looking around for some other things, yeah. right? Might have to turn some stones, you know, rather than just looking in the usual haunts and finding the same old people. It's like, well, let's explore a little bit. Like, let's open this up. Because right. I'm savvy and I want to look for something else. And, you know, yeah. this person is not the end all be all. Right. It would help us understand everyone better anyway. Yeah. Like, having more context, I think, is never a bad thing. That's yeah. true. Well. Just more to learn. Yeah. Harder. Mm-hmm. Mm, all right. That was a great newsletter, y'all. Yeah. Some stuff. All right, let's move into new music this week. New music. So we have some music from Scottish singer-songwriter. Man, I hate saying these people's names. I know, right? Lewis Capaldi. 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 No, you were right first time, I think. Capaldi. Cap- okay. Who released his album, <laughs> Poking by Desire to be Heavenly Sent. Um. I started listening to this and I was like, oh yeah, this is nice. Like I've been on a pop like kick, like something that's uncomplicated and just like I can listen to. And that's what exactly what enemy say it said, you know exactly how this record will sound already. Quiet, slow building verses are punctuated by choruses that boast belting toilet adjacent vocal stream. We weren't sure about that <laughs> wording. Um, but <laughs> if you're singing in the shower and listen to this album, essentially. Yeah. So check it out. Um, it's great so far. The, the songs I've listened to next is something. The next um, record is something I've been listening to since it was released. Cause I'm obsessed with it. 
Canadian producer and DJ Katronata, a huge Katronata fan. Anyways, I'm biased. And rapper and singer songwriter Amine, which is the guy Carrot Thine, You Get Thine, Dun 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 Dun. I know it. Um, they team up and they release their project called Katramine. Katra Mine. Katra. Um, we were working um, on this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I, um, it's, it's essentially the first half of Katrinata's name and the whole of Amine's name. And according to Clash, the result is a project full to the brim of danceful rhythms. Oh, yes, it is. A plethora of diverse influences and sounds and some slick bars from Amine and the other artists recruited for the record. A lot, so, a lot of artists. Yeah. Really. It was cool. Just listening through, right? You don't look at the names or whatever. You kind of treat it like a record or something. And then you hear these voices. It's like, oh, I know who that is. Oh. Who that is. So, yeah, that was cool. I enjoyed it. That's a great record. Please listen to it. You know, you can't be sad when you're listening to this record. So, oh. highly recommend. Yay. And we also have... um Maroon 5, who released a single called Middle Ground. Um, This is like, gives like acoustic vibes, lots of like strong harmony that I'm hearing. But it definitely feels like it, I hate to label, but it just like leans more country, I would say, than maybe I expected. One of those like, you know. Yeah, those songs, but um, they they have a music video out that features Adam Levine's family, um, and also the band playing the slow burning song together in the studio. Slow burn. So check it out, Maroon Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one you're allowed to feel a little sad while you listen to. <laughs> yeah, a little, uh... <laughs> it's not the most happy song. Definitely has some feelings in it. Yeah. I'm proud of them. They've been together for so long. Oh, yeah. I remember Five. rocking in 2011. Right? Oh, it's awesome. been a long They've been here for a while. Yeah. Still relevant. Totes, yep. my goats. All right. Amy, you want to read us out? I would love to. Thank you for listening and supporting for a music. Remember to like and subscribe and leave us a review. We will we will highlight you um for more follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at 4 music subscribe to our newsletter at 4 music.substack.com and check out our website at 4 music.com and chris our quote for this week our quote for this week is once in a blue moon john legend John Legend. Oh my gosh. Thank you for being with us, Chris. You're the best. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, Is that how it normally goes? Or I don't know. Yes. I think we have to say we think you're super. Yeah. So let's let's do, it. do it. One, two, three. We, we think, think you're, you're super. super. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? let's not do that again like at church you got the one that's way ahead of the pastor you got the uh, the children who can't quite get it right (laughs) who's who all right let's do it okay one two three we We think think you're you're super. super